episode 20 of things that go bump in the night i hope everyone's having a good week once again joined by my co-host chris how are you doing dude how's your week do you know it's been uh it's been all right i took some time off a couple of days off yeah i spent two days clearing my five-year-old's bedroom that was fun yeah I bet um, that was fun. <laughs> and, and uh, t- today the weather was nice it's just you know feels feels a bit happier seeing a bit of sun yeah it does i know it's been so miserable wasn't it as yeah, of like, where so we're locked it's inside. Cold and, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So a little bit of sun is uh is quite nice. So yeah, quite good. And uh we're actually meant to be recording um earlier in the week, but uh I couldn't make it. I um I think I think we've both some... missed, missed yeah, each I other think, several yeah, times. I think that was it. Yeah, we just missed each other. Uh, we we tried stuff. every day from last Monday, didn't we? We literally did. We literally tried every day and it, it just you either had to thank or I had to thank, yeah, and it weren't working out. But oddly, like through the week, news was a little bit yeah. slow. And then all of a sudden towards the end of the week, there was like a few things I started seeing pop up. So we've definitely got some things to talk about, which I'm very happy about. And we're gonna we're gonna start with some sad news, unfortunately. Let let's get this one out of the way. It's a TV show that me and you quite liked it's called yeah. truth seekers it was the amazon show with nick frost and created with simon Pegg. He was in it a little bit but amazon have unfortunately cancelled it which yeah. sucks right i haven't seen anything that says why why no, they chose no. to like was it i mean how do they even measure ratings on a streaming service i suppose they must know through login who's who's watching what but it surprised me really it surprised me because they'd they'd set it up to continue uh, speculatively, a bit, and I thought that was a fair assumption. There's some big names in Britain, at least, associated with it, yeah. and they've just—it's just gone. It sounds like you know, from the uh, Nick Frost did a did an announcement on Instagram. Uh, I've read it; I haven't watched it yet, but it sounds like he he was as surprised as anyone else, and, and very disappointed. Yeah, I agree. I've I've looked at—I haven't watched the video, but I've read the press statement that went out, and yeah, there is a quote from Nick Frost, and it does sound like this did come a little bit out of the blue and again you bringing up about amazon how do they measure it and stuff like that mm. i don't know if you ever saw it but it was about a year ago or, or two years ago when amazon really started competing with netflix and like buying stuff up at film festivals and spending all this money and the hollywood reporter they do these roundtable discussions um, they're up on YouTube. They're, they're, if you're interested in the film business, they're really interested. They do like producers, directors, actors, actresses, you know, you name it, cinematographers. And there is one with studio executives. And and it's a really, really interesting roundtable because it literally looks at, you know, you've got the guy that runs Netflix. I think it's a woman that runs Amazon, Kevin Feige from Marvel. I can't remember who else is on it. And the lady that runs Amazon says that their business model is completely different to anyone else's. They, which I guess might have changed with this because they are cancelling stuff. Mm, mm. But she said they they don't look at viewing figures. They don't. They're not really interested that much in viewing figures because to them, you know, what you got to remember is Prime Video is just an offshoot of Prime. Like Prime is their main goal is to get you to sign up for Prime, which then covers your free delivery and this is, you know, yeah, it's true. And stuff. Yeah, and it's just so, so in a way the, the delivery service or Amazon as a marketplace. I suppose I mean I'm not putting words in your mouth, but am I right in thinking that they're seeing it as almost it's it's not unacceptable if it subsidizes it now and again? Exactly, exactly. So 
now you are seeing them cancel stuff i guess maybe the business model has changed a little bit but yeah i was shocked i was really shocked this because i i uh, you know it, it, it wasn't perfect i really enjoyed it though and I, yeah, I agree. You know, it's not. It's it's a niche show. It's not something that everyone was talking about. But everyone I did see talking about it seemed to enjoy it. So it's what I find quite odd. Um, the the thing that worries me is that this was a very English, yeah. British yeah. production, and I'm worried that things like that, regional things, are being squeezed out to have a more global American appeal. Well, I'm kind of glad you said that because. We are going to talk about someone else later on this podcast. A, a little bit of news has dropped. A Mr. Edgar Wright, mm-hmm. who we all know and love, and obviously was, you know, come up with uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, right? Yes. And they were making very British films, genre yeah. films, very British yeah. genre films. And then Edgar Wright went away. He'd done Scott Pilgrim. I think he'd come back, done um, At World's End. He obviously done Baby Driver next. And now, which we'll get into in a little bit, he is going to do another American film. So it seems like we've almost lost this really great English filmmaker to Hollywood again. And now, look, I get it. Like, you know, you can get much bigger budgets over there. You're the the actors that you can you can tap into and stuff like is a lot, a lot more accessible in Hollywood. But I wonder if there is a little something in that as well. Of that he does have these like he's doing he he's obviously next film that we spoke about last night in Soho is obviously English set in Soho, but it does have quite a bit of American talent in it as well. Yes, yeah. So it doesn't feel as British as the other stuff, you know. So I wonder if there is something in that. I wonder because, if it is getting know, hard. Truth, truth seekers, you could imagine on I don't know BBC Three or Channel Four. Oh yeah, know, yeah. Back in the old days, yeah. It's a very you know British thing, and it's I I, I wonder if something like you know thank god they come up before you know streaming happened but i wonder if something like the league of gentlemen would have ever made it in this new yeah. digital world well i wonder actually you saying it, i wonder if there's a home for this with a bbc or a channel i hope so i really hope someone yeah, picks it up i do well i think the problem may be that amazon's biggest market is america yeah just like netflix or whoever and you do see shows that do really well over here or do relatively well, but yeah. they don't get the second season or they, you know, they don't get whatever season it is because they didn't really break America, as you say. That's where your biggest audience is. So I wonder if that's the case. This is just a little bit too English for that American audience on on Amazon. Yeah, I don't know. I'll tell you what I'd be interested in. I know there's quite a few people that listen to this podcast that are American, right? We, we've got a really nice uh, American fan base. So I would be really interested to know if you watch this if you did what did you think of it but if you didn't watch it were you just not interested because of the because it is a little bit too british maybe i wonder if like people could throw some throw some stuff at us that might answer that question because you know to me and you we kind of enjoy it it wasn't perfect like you said but well i, I definitely I, would see a second season i mean i i I do wonder. I, I I wonder if it just wasn't understood over in America because even like the 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 news report on this on bloody disgusting says it, it you know the, the very first thing this past Halloween season Amazon premiered the X Files esque paranormal investigation series Truth Seekers. It's not X Files esque at all. It's nothing like the X Files. No, I completely and, agree. And yeah, I that threw me off when I was. It's trying to pigeonhole it 
to something it's not. And I just wondered, did they not get it over there? I don't, I don't know. Did they yeah, not, you know, maybe. get the humor and what it was trying to do? I mean, the, the only, the only thing in common with X Files is the paranormal elements. Everything yeah. else, it's, you know, it's like Tom and Jerry and Chinatown. I don't know. It's just like two completely. Yeah, different... I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I really would like to know what the driving force behind this was because it obviously sounds like this wasn't creative this wasn't nick frost or simon pegg or that being too busy they wanted to do this mm. so was it budget did they want a little bit more money for second season and didn't really get it or the, yeah did amazon just not see a benefit in it the problem is have we ever seen a streaming service lose something to a terrestrial channel i don't think we have no i don't think we have, we've seen no, things it's not really cancelled the other way on, yeah. yeah we've seen things cancelled and picked up but i can't yeah, imagine I don't know, unless unless Netflix or something picks it up, I don't, it might be the end. I mean, the other thing that confuses me about this a little bit is we've seen a lot with streaming services at the minute where you might have a show or a film that doesn't do particularly well. You know, you don't really hear too much about it or it's reviewed badly, but they actually keep the talent around because they want the talent under contract. Mm. And it does seem odd to me that you would have nick frost and simon pegg under some creative contract and just kind of get rid of them yeah like they're like they're you know big names and you'd think they were pretty bankable wouldn't you i mean you would think it's so, got yeah. malcolm mcdowell in it for christ's exactly sake. yeah i mean yeah the cast is yeah it had um julian barrett in as well yeah. but again is that too english like do people in america know who julian barrett is like how popular Absolutely was the not. mighty yeah. bridge in yeah. america i know it was in america I think it was on the BBC in America, but that is very niche. I think you find the people who like that show were very kind of Anglophiles who who really were into watching, yes. um, you know, English programs out there. Uh, but for your average person who makes up the vast majority of their viewing figures, probably not. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I... The, the, the Mighty Boosh is something that most people over here didn't get. I, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, I... It really worked for me i really liked it but um i get it yeah it was definitely hit or miss with a lot of people so maybe that's it maybe truth seekers was just too hit or miss and they decided to cut their ties and put Big, their money fingers off. crossed it goes somewhere else but i, I really suspect hope so. not i suspect yeah not. i really hope so i would like to see sky pick it up i think that would be a cool yeah. idea like sky definitely have a relationship with them and yeah it would be, that would be the perfect home. haven't um itv and bbc teamed up on the streaming service britbox uh, yes yeah or i think britbox is its own thing but i think they they like got contracts out with the bbc and itv and but yeah there's there's definitely a streaming service that oh well, you never you never know yeah it, it would be good to see man it would be good to see but yeah let's um let's watch that space but unfortunately as you say this might be it but yeah let us know what you think especially our american listeners out there i would love to know if if you watch it, what your thoughts were, and if you didn't watch it, also why? Yeah, let's uh let's get into that. All right, so Every, moving... everyone's gonna come back and now say because it was shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, so moving on to a trailer drop, the full trailer. We've already looked at a clip for this film. I sent you the clip ages yeah, ago, yeah. And, and it you know it was really good. This film is I can't remember if we knew this before or not, but we definitely know now it is coming to Shudder, so that's really good news. And it is a film called Violation, 
Now, you may remember uh, we looked at the clip a little while ago and it was just this really intense clip of the lead actress. And I believe the I believe she's also the director just like going off on this guy. And, you know, it's this really nice, intense moment. And we were kind of wondering what the rest of the film's going to look like. So and I, and I didn't realize it was the same film until I saw that scene again. Oh, until you saw that clip. Yeah. 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 So go on, man. What, what do you think of this trailer? Phenomenal. I yeah. thought I can't wait to see it. Absolutely yeah, can't wait. It's. It, it looks incredible. It looks really incredible. There's, there seems to be, over the last few years, this real re-emphasis on cinematography and sound and just taking time with shots. It, it looks beautiful. It just... It, oh, it looks stunning. It looks fantastic. Yeah. It really speaks to me because it's shot in a way that I think about films, so it just really connects with me, whereas you have these landscape shots and these like wider shots that are very composed and very set up. And then if you watch a lot of my stuff where dialogue's involved, I like to shoot a lot of dialogue like handheld and like really add some energy to it. And that's exactly what you got in this. You've got those really nice composed shots and then like the dialogue just feels so chaotic and it just feels like you, I mean, this is a film about someone, you know, kind of, having a bit of a breakdown and, and confronting mm, her mm. younger sister and uh, brother-in-law, I believe. And yeah, man, this is, you can just feel the tension come through this trailer and yeah, the music's really great. The the cinematography is stunning. I can't wait for this. And it, it's been blowing up. Like if you look at the start of this trailer where it says it played like the Toronto International Film yeah, Festival, yeah. Sundance and then South by Southwest, that is like, if you get one of those festivals, that makes you as a filmmaker like to get f all three of them that's incredible that's the dream that is the absolute dream i think um yeah it's, is there an argument to say if you've got two you're going to get the third possibly possibly <laughs> i mean do you know what? No, not, not that getting two is no mean feat i'm not saying that i just you know if if, if a film's doing well yeah, at two festivals yeah. they're not going to say well we don't want it no exactly i mean well the oddly enough and you know getting into a little bit of a festival gossip here the the problem is there are a lot of festivals that compete with each other right so you can't play this festival you know especially ones that are in the same town or like near each other you can only play one of them but normally to be honest with you you're not playing these festivals unless you have a sales agent on board you have a connection to the festival you have now don't get me wrong most of the time you still have to be a bloody good film you know, these yeah. are the top festivals in the world. But yeah, you have to you have to try and work the business, man. You've you've got to try and understand the business and know where you're going with it. And it looks like the filmmakers be honest did, right? They they've done their research mm. and they've gone out there and they've got sales representation or you know, they've hit up the festivals early and, and got in there. And I look, mean, I, there's complaints yeah. to be made about that. But yeah. at the same time, look, if that's the way the games run, then you've got to play it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if that's the way it, it happens, it happens. I mean, it doesn't take away from how good this film looks. I mean, the trailer is really, it, it just shows you how powerful a trailer can be oh, without just, giving everything away. Yeah, it's just stunning. There's just so much, there's just so much in this trailer I really like. I just really like the way it starts. I like the music. It's very A24. Funnily yeah, enough, yeah. Like, if that do, is an A24, it, do you know, I was, was going to say that, but I was worried that I've said it too, <laughs> too yeah, much. Yeah, but it does like that, you know, the the way it, it just hits, man. And it's like, it's got that real emotional energy. It was emotional you who pointed them out to me, by the way. 
because I'd I'd not heard of them. I'd not really paid much attention to production companies ever. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until you mentioned them that I looked into what they produce, and I thought, wow, film after <laughs> film after film are the ones that I love. Yeah, they're exactly, man. I mean, me and you both rate the same films, and more times than not, they're A twenty four productions. So yeah, I'm. Oh, I just can't wait for this. I just think this is go go. Blow some Go back to the scene that we actually saw previously. Yes. It, it's so real. It, the, the acting it really is, is yeah. so real. Yeah. It's incredible. You genuinely Quite feel uncomfortably like... uncomfortably. Yeah, this is a character yeah, on the edge. This is a character on the edge. This is... Like, there is something going on that isn't made completely clear. But, oh, man. Like, this is, yeah. This is going to be a tour de force performance. You can just feel it, can't you? You can just feel yeah. it jumping out yeah. of the trailer. Absolutely right. incredible. I have to say as well with Shudder, it, it took me a while to sign up to them. Um, but now I have. I think maybe it wasn't great at the beginning yeah. when I first heard of them, but I'm just continue to be impressed by what's on there. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I just Shudder, like for me, is. I was the same, if I'm completely honest. Yeah. I didn't sign up to them straight away and then. You know, I started because I tell you, the re it wasn't that I wasn't interested. It's just that a lot of their stuff that went on there straight away was stuff I had on Blu-ray. Like I already yeah, had yeah. a lot of the like legacy horror films and stuff like so for me, I didn't need a stream service about stuff because I already had it. And then it wasn't until they started picking up their own films. They started doing a lot of original content, the documentary stuff they do on there. That's when I started taking notes and thinking, OK, and now, you know, I watch at least every week I'm watching one or two films on Shutter, you know, and I'm giving, yeah, yeah. one of the good things about it is I'm just giving random stuff a go as well. Cause they pick up so yeah. many independent films that look, they're not all they're, they're for someone, but they're not all for me, but I just like that there's that option. And I just like yeah. that you just see something you're like, Oh, what's this? This is from the last few years. I, I haven't seen this small little independent film. Yeah. Let's give that a go. And yeah, Do you know, I've, I've even been watching stuff that I've got on DVD and Blu-ray just because it means I don't have to get off my ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's the um, yeah, that's the death of physical media. L laziness it? will be the death of physical media. Yeah, it really will be. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it's not streaming service; it's laziness. <laughs> <laughs> People like me. Yeah, thanks, that's Chris. Exactly it. Man. That's exactly <laughs> it. Right, we're gonna drop a link to the trailer below. Watch oh, it. So yeah, good. I think. If you like, like I said, it's not A24, but if you like that kind of character-driven, real emotional impact thriller horror film, yeah, this is this is for you. It, uh, I just, I can't wait, can't wait. Right, so moving on to something that I touched on a little bit with the Nick Frost and Simon Pegg news is some news literally dropped like two days ago that Edgar Wright is directing and going to develop a new version of Stephen King's The Running Man for Paramount. So what do you think of this? I think this is great news. Um, I, I normally have mixed feelings about remakes, yeah. but I think this, in this case, is great news for two reasons. I wasn't a particular fan of the original film. Yeah. yeah. It was fine. I didn't love it. Um, it you know, it's okay, an 80s film. But I think... It's one of I, I watched the trailer to refresh my mind, and it's definitely one of those films that could benefit from up to date techniques, um, 
storytelling techniques, you know, and visual yeah, techniques as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's very, you know, camp and tongue, tongue in cheek. And if they could do a, a more serious job with it. And I think, you know, what it's talking about, the cult of celebrity and what Stephen King was talking about in 1980, whatever, when he yeah. released it, uh, it's, it's almost like he predicted the future of, you know, like reality oh, yeah. shows. It's, it's very, very timely. It's very, I very think timely. It could be, this could be really good. Well, I think what's interesting about it is in the official press release, it it actually goes out its way. But to be honest with you, a lot of films are doing this at the minute. It goes out its way to say this isn't a remake. It isn't a adaption of the film. This is a pure adaption of the book. It will be a lot more faithful to the book. Now, I haven't read the book. Have you Have you ever read the book? No, I've not, no. So I'm not sure the real differences between, I guess there are some. But yeah, they're saying this will be a very faithful adaption of the book, not an adaption of the Arnie uh, 1987 film. So that's interesting. But like I said, a lot of people are saying that in a minute, and I kind of feel like it's a bit more of a publicity stunt to be like, no, 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 we're not remaking. We're not like remaking films. We're, we're you know, we're touching on on the original novel we're not you know but i think that's just the way so how how do you feel about uh, this news yeah i'm i'm excited about it just because it's again i know like i said about edgar wright kind of not really doing you know kind of moving away from the british stuff that was always going to happen i mean look at christopher nolan you've just got a much bigger canvas to play with in hollywood mm. but i think this is very exciting because i think this sounds like it could be something a lot bigger than Edgar Wright's yeah. ever done. And I would love to see him play on that. Like I said a few weeks ago, he's never done anything bad for me. You know, one of my most anticipated films this year is Last Night Soho because he's never put a foot wrong from the Cornetto trilogy, which, yeah, the, all of them are, are great films, especially the first two. Scott Pilgrim is great, like, especially if you're a fan of the comic and, and you know what you're getting in for. I think it can be a little bit jarring if you don't. But yeah, if, mm. if you're looking for that, man that fucking works i think that hits home and then baby driver unfortunately you know take away the kevin spacey stuff baby driver is you know one of the best car chase films car stunt films in the last 10 20 years i mean name me another one that holds up to the stunts in that film it's you know it's incredible and and the soundtrack for that and everything it was just edgar wright uh it just seems like when edgar wright is given this canvas to play and given a bit more money like he was with baby driver you know it's like have the money for the soundtrack you want have the money to go out and do the cast stunts and mm. you know get this incredible hollywood cast he delivers he's not someone that drops the ball so for me adapting a king novel he's de like there's no casting announcements or anything but having he's definitely going to have some hot you know the, the a star cast in this yeah, man, I can't wait. Yeah. I, I think any Edgar Wright news to me is good news. <laughs> I, I just think as well, like I said, this film is like ripe for a remake in, in terms of, you know, just updating the film. Yeah, yeah. But they make such strange choices with remakes. Like, look at the, the RoboCop remake. Yeah, that's true. It, it wasn't, I, I, do you know, it wasn't bad. It was okay. I, I enjoyed the hour and a half, two hours I invested in it. But why do it? Because there's nothing wrong with the original. The original was fantastic, iconic. Don't touch it. Until we get to a point where genuinely you can add something to the story, then don't don't do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think the reason I think if I could 
kind of play devil's advocate a little bit and say why I think they do that stuff. It's because money. <laughs> well, Robocop's a great film to us, right? Like we appreciate Robocop. But I think if you're going to introduce that to your average teenager, does it hold up? Like well, is your average teenager of today my watch those 70s 80s action films and be my, like my yeah my son he has seen a few 80s films yeah. he loves them so he's seen predator we're going to move on to commando he's not quite old enough to take robocop because he's very yeah. very violent but i did show him the trailer and he was blown away he said i cannot wait to see this it looks incredible but do you think that's because as a father, you've introduced them been, to... Been excited about it. It could be. You've been excited about it, but also introduced them to older films from an early age. And It's possible. I mean, the, the thing is... And I've, you're quite, like, creative and quite art-driven yourself, so I feel like... I've, that, I've know, shown them a lot of films, a lot of cartoons, yeah. and a lot of computer games and that music I enjoyed well. when I was young. You music. share a lot of music with your kids as well, don't you? So... But the thing is, some of that stuff I've put on, and I've been so excited to sh show them, and we've got through it. And I've just I'm watching. And I think this is shit. This just this is <laughs> not held up at all. Um, yeah, no, that does happen. That does happen. But, definitely. But, the, but every now and again, you you see stuff that you think, man, this is so good. Even now, like Big Trouble, Little China. I yeah. know there's talk about them remaking. Yeah, yeah, Please yeah. don't, because yeah. it's so good. Yeah, I think that it's just like you said, it's money because. When you when you develop a film, right, let's say, so let's say this from a production company's point of view, right? So let's say, who's this? Paramount. Right, so let's say Paramount are going to bring in Edgar Wright to make an original film, right? Make a baby driver. Yep. Now, you say, right, are you writing that film? And Edgar Wright might say, right, I've got a story. I want to develop a story, but I want to bring in another screenwriter, right? Like they are doing on Running Man. Now... Now you're paying Edgar Wright to develop the film and you're bringing in another screenwriter to develop drafts of that screenplay, which if you look at the history of like developing, you know, a screenplay in Hollywood, that shit can take like 10 years sometimes with like multiple different writers. Every single them, every single one of them drafts, you're paying someone. So, yeah. you know, the development of a film and then there's market research in it. Are people actually interested in it? Who are like, who are the people that go to the cinema? Like it, it, your main audience that you are going to get money from is teenagers. The reason why Marvel films are so successful. The reason why they're the biggest films in the world is because teenagers want to go and watch them films. So that's where your money is, right? Because teenagers have more time than anyone else. They can go to the cinema every weekend. They can see all the new release. You are driving your films towards teenagers. That's why they're the biggest money makers, right? So mm -hmm. now you've got to do focus groups and you've got to say, right, okay, let's get a focus group together. Let's, you know, this all costs money. And by the time you know it, you've spent a good couple of million developing an idea that actually might never go anywhere else, right? Because you might put the feelers out in your focus groups and teenagers go, I don't fucking want that. That's a terrible idea. I don't want that. Right. So mm -hmm. that doesn't mm -hmm. happen. But the reason why you do see a lot of remakes and look, I'm not saying I agree with it. I don't, but the reason you see a lot of remakes is because it's already established. There's an audience for it, right? Like even if it was somewhat successful in the past, it still had some success. There's still people out there that know it. Right. So sound about the Robocop remake. So they have made they have not made that film for me and you. They have made mm. that film 
for a newer audience with new CGI, with new effects, and it's all shiny and it's all new, because that's what the new audience wants. But they also know that me and you are buying this ticket because we're interested because we're fans of the other one. So they they don't even need to advertise to us. You you buy less advertisement. You buy you know buy less this, buy less that. That's why they make them films. That's why they do it. Now I'm not saying that's that's right. But and also this isn't anything new. Like a lot of people kind of get caught up on that of like oh you know we're stuck in like the land of remakes. It's always been that way. It's always been that way. You look at mm. and, and some of the best films of all time are like that. You want to look at uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. That's a remake. You want to yeah. look at um, Scarface. That's a remake. You know, all like there's tons of classic, classic films that are remakes. And that's that's just been the way forever, right? Because you've got a built-in audience. You don't have to do a lot of the development. It's right there in front of you, especially if it's a novel, successful novel. And Stephen King is, you know, fucking the hottest thing in town at the minute. Yeah. Everyone's yeah, that yeah. King. That's so moving away from the whole studio thing, that's something I were to ask you. So I didn't realise that when this book was published. Uh, it wasn't under Stephen King's name. He published, right, it, yeah. Yeah, he published it under under a different name. Do you think that will change for the advertisement of this film? Yeah, I think it will stay still yeah. here. Yeah, 100%. because yeah, I, I think so, yeah. Do you reckon they're going to... I was talking to... I can't remember who. I was talking to someone the other day about um, A Nightmare Before Christmas um, um, where yep. Disney have completely changed. So Disney did originally produce that, but they thought it was way too scary for their brand. So if you look at the original advertisement, it was all touchstone pictures, which was an offshoot of Disney. But now if you look, it's got the fucking Disney logo above it. (laughs) It says Disney's a nightmare before Christmas. They got fucking merchandise everywhere. So, yeah, it's funny how stuff changes in time, isn't it? But it's funny. It seems like every couple of times we we, we talk, there's another piece of news around King. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's like, I mean, he's got a million different fucking properties out there. So I can imagine everyone's just trying to tap into what is the next what is the next Stephen King? And look, like there's actually been a ton of them lately that we don't talk about because they're no good. Netflix done a whole run of Stephen King ad- adaptations and they didn't really go anywhere. No one spoke about them, but they're just looking for that one it. That's what they want. They they want it. They want the, you know, the film that is just going to blow up and mm. become, you know, they want that next character that's going to be Pennywise. That's what they're looking for. But yeah, we'll yeah. see, man. But yeah. I'm... Are you so? Are you excited for this? Are you? Yo, yeah, 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 definitely. I think it's uh, as I, as I said at the beginning. I'm, I'm, you know, always quite cautious about these things, but this one feels like it could be good to me. Yeah, same. Yeah, I. It's funny if you told me this was happening and it didn't have Edgar Wright's name attached. Yeah, I'd be optimistic, but I wouldn't be that excited. The fact that Edgar Wright's attached, yeah, man, I'm. Sign me up. Sign me (laughs) up every day of the week, really. Yeah. Right. So from one film in development to another, and this is one that really piques the interest. This is one that I've saved this till last because, my God, how how can we not get excited about this? It's going to be outstanding. Do you know what? (laughs) You take it off this one because I I sent you this and I need to know your thoughts. So I can't. What is it, first of all? What's been announced? Joaquin Felix is attached to star in Ari Aster's next project, oh. which um, reportedly is called Disappointment Boulevard. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, Ari Aster is, is one of the real hot filmmakers. And 
his next film, Full Stop, uh, a bit like Robert Eggers, would, would be so anticipated. But to have Joaquin Phoenix attached to it off the back of uh, his role in Joker, I mean, wow. It, yes, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I've got no... I mean, we don't know. I'm assuming it's some sort of horror film, but we don't know. Um, but, you know, sometimes you can say, oh, I, I could picture this actor doing this or that. He could play any part in, in it. You know, mild-mannered nobody, hardcore killer. I think he'd be fantastic in, in an Ari Aster film. I'm just really, really excited for this. What can I What can I say? This is, when I saw this drop, this news, I knew Ari Aster was working on another film, right? Like, we, we all knew it was coming. He pre I don't know if it's this film, but the last I heard is he described his next film as a nightmare comedy. Now, I don't know if that's this film. Maybe that's another film he was working on. But we, we knew he had something coming. I was just waiting for the announcement of, you know, what it was going to be. And when this drops, that it's Ari Aster with phoenix if you just think back to hereditary and midsummer one of the they're, they're very unique films but what yeah he does really really well is he gets actors to this point that you know they're very talented actors but he gets something out of them that you didn't really know was there like Tony Collette is an amazing actress. We all know she's an amazing actress, right? She's done some incredible work. We didn't know that that hereditary performance was there. Mm. Like that, she should, I, I know everyone says this, and I, I agree. She should have won the Oscar for it. There wasn't a better performance that year. There just wasn't. Then you come to Midsummer Again, Florence Pugh, she was taking the, you know, Hollywood by storm at that point. She was starring and everything. You know, she was in, a film called Fighting With My Family, uh, a wrestling type film. Really, like, really good in that. Then she was in Little Women, really good in Little Women. Midsummer, again, he gets this performance out of her that you just haven't seen. This heartbreaking, tragic performance that kind of turns itself on its head at the end, you know, and, and you're, she basically the victim at the start. And then she, you know, she's fully in control of the situation at the end. Incredible performance. Now, if you want to talk about one actor, like you said, that can do anything, Joaquin Phoenix is that guy, right? He's that actor. Mm. This is a guy that pretended to be a rapper for a year for a fake documentary just to see where it would go. Literally performing like in yeah. clubs, being a, you know, just that this is a guy that literally dived in to making everyone believe it as well. No one knew he was shooting a documentary at the time. Everyone believed he had quit acting. I remember watching him on, I think it was the David Letterman show where it like everyone had everyone had brought it everyone had literally thought he had he had quit because he he gets that into his roles what in the fuck are they gonna do together can you mm. imagine this performance i'm telling you now whatever this performance is he's winning the oscar for it he has to win the oscar for it did he win the oscar for joker he did didn't he i think so yeah yeah, yeah. i'm pretty i'm pretty sure he did i mean he definitely i, I can't think what, yeah, what he, he would have been up against it. No, not can I. He definitely won major awards for it. I mean, I'm pretty I'll, sure I'll, he won the Oscar. I'll tell you, cards on the table. Hereditary didn't do it for me. Sorry, Midsummer. Midsummer. Right. Yeah. So I, I saw Midsummer before I saw Hereditary. I loved Hereditary. I think yes, it's fantastic. It's incredible. Yeah. I, for me, I think it's the better film. Oh, I agree. The two. It is the better film. I can. Midsummer, it. although I can appreciate 
the work that's gone into it, the work behind it, the performances. I thought it looked beautiful. I thought it was incredibly intense and uncomfortable. Yeah. I can't put my finger on it, Scott, and maybe I need to give it another go, but there was something about it that didn't gel for me. I'll definitely just give a, it another go. A, a personal thing. I, I don't know. I can't put my finger I just I left the cinema thinking... I, I don't it's, it's it's hard to describe but i think i i was expecting more i don't know i think yeah i think you've I got to watch know. it is its own is its own beast because the problem is it is coming off the back of hereditary which is one of the but best I, debuts saw, of all time i saw hereditary after midsummer oh I'd, okay i've never seen an ariasta film knew, didn't know anything about him all i knew was hey there's a there's a folk horror film yeah. coming out do you know what i think it was i think it was and i it's probably, you know, it says more about me, but I really hate it when this happens, is when people compare it to other things. And there were people saying it's the new Wicker Man. And I've got, and I go in thinking, well, we'll see about that. And, yeah, I, and, it, yeah. and it straight away, it puts me, because I can remember uh, Cabin in the Woods, and I, I don't know if I've spoken to you about this, but I really don't like that film. Oh, and right, okay. The, the problem is, it's because I was, and it's another one that I need to watch again, is because I can remember, I can remember the marketing for it. You had this, it was simply a cabin, like a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. And it, and, and everything was talking about how this was a groundbreaking new horror. It wasn't. It was a, it was a, a an enjoyable comedy horror. I felt so let down by it on, on a yeah. personal level. I just feel yeah, like that's, you can't they can believe build these the films hype, up man. too much. And when they you said can't for, believe the hype. When they said for Midsummer, the the next Wicker Man, I thought straight away it's it's got that in my mind because I love I love the Wicker Man and they say that because they know how iconic the Wicker Man is. Of course, it's one of the big of three. It's, in, it's, in it's all advertisement. Forest. Yeah, it's all advertisement, man. It's all advertisement, and it's all to try and get you into the cinema. You know, to try and get the casual fans into the cinema. To be honest, but yeah, no, Cabin in the Woods is is great. I lo- I love Cabin, but you've got to go in just wanting. It's a great fun. If I'd, know, if I'd known what it was, yeah. it would have been a completely yeah. different story. But it's just, it's left a bad taste in my mouth. And I need to give it time, even though it's been several years yeah, yeah, yeah. before I'm ready to I to think try once it you're again. ready and you go back, I do think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll get something out of it because it is a it is a very interesting film. It's a, The concept is really good. It's, yeah, I don't know if the concept has been done before with the, not to spoil it for anyone, but like kind of the twist within it. But, um, yeah, it oh, does. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen anything, anything like that. No, and I think that, yeah, i got to admit, the advertisement, it didn't work. I mean, it, it definitely didn't work because it didn't do anything at the fucking box office. So the advertisement definitely didn't work on that film. But yeah, with Midsummer, yeah, I can see the comparisons <laughs> like Wicker Man and stuff. But, but you know what? With, with Cabin in the Woods, right? Put yourself in my position. So I go to the cinema on my own, actually. I bunked off yeah. work to go and see it, right? <laughs> So I was on my own. I was in, I think I was in Leicester Square. I, I was on my way back from something, a conference or something. And right. I thought, sod it, I ain't going back sod it. to the office. Go and, do it. Yep. and I went in there thinking, here we go, this game-changing horror. And one of the first things I see, I'm so sorry to this guy, but is this annoying character who's got a bong that transfers into oh, yeah. a copy mug. And I yeah. just thought, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. What have I done? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know you. Mean, I know you mean. But like that's again, that's quite that uh, character. The the idea of that character and the way itself is quite clever because it's meant to be. It's a commentary on horror films, right? So the yeah, yeah. the idea that that character is the most clueless 
when actually he's the only one that sees exactly what's going on. So it, you know, it's, it's a nice play on it. But I agree. I mean, them characters never really gel with me, if I'm honest. The kind of, yeah. you know, the always high kind of bro characters they they never really work on me but for, for me it was a, it was a he was a kind of less successful version of the guy in screen who knows all the rules about the horror films oh yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah, yeah. randy yeah randy's a much better yeah character. yeah right randy's iconic yeah i will give it another go and i'll definitely give um midsummer another go oh, no, I'm not, you've got to give not, midsummer i'm not lumping that i mean i've I'm, i've really i don't want to go on about it but i've really got a bitter problem with cabin in yeah. the woods i but, i yeah. like i like both films don't get me wrong i own both films i i like both films but midsummer is yeah it's i mean it's a 10 times better film than um than cabin in the woods but yeah they're both good they, I, they are they are both good i think um yeah just just to round it off with his new film um, like, like I said, even though it, it didn't quite work for me, Midsummer, I appreciate everything that went into it yes. um, and how good it is in that respect. Uh, I can't wait for his new film. Yeah, I can't wait for this. And, you know, we should say that it hasn't been confirmed that this is a genre movie at all. It, it definitely doesn't sound like a genre film. It's about a successful entre- uh, entrepreneur, right? And it's like a, it follows this person through different decades. I, I, so... This I could be the nightmare comedy, right? In the, it sounds a little bit like Citizen Kane, in a weird way. Mm. That's kind of like Citizen Kane, right? Like it follows him for the decades, and he's this really successful businessman. So, yeah, I mean that would be interesting if it's Ari Aster's version of that. Fuck uh, me. I mean, Ari Aster could film Walking Phoenix in a, in a room for two hours, and I'd watch it. I so... think that's the exciting thing. I think you're <laughs> completely right. You're completely right. That's what's so exciting about this. Yeah. It's, that director that actor just sign me up just yeah. sign me up i don't want to know anymore just just let it unfold as a as a kind of devil's advocate caveat though i'm going to say you know two two great powerhouses doesn't necessarily mean they're going to capture lightning in the bottle no you're completely it, it should be everything says this should be fantastic and definitely we hope it is yes yeah but hey we will see this is definitely saying yeah we're gonna we're gonna follow up on when more news drops yeah thank, thanks for sending this one over scott because i didn't know about this oh yeah definitely. very very excited about it do, do we know anything at all about dates or anything like that no all we know is director it's, not started, star. it's not started production has it he's no, literally just signed on it's being produced and financed by a24 so that's all we know yeah so do See, with that, that. It's, an, it's an A24 as it's well. It's an A24 oh, film, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I'm pretty sure Ari Aster's under contract with him. I mean, it's everything. Like, it's like the Holy Trinity. <laughs> oh, that is, yeah, exactly. I, oh, man, I can't wait. All right, dude, bringing us round to our final part of the show. The creepy link of the week. Go on, introduce this week. Feels like it's been a while since we've had one of these. It does. I think it's because we've done like our top five. Yeah, we've done a few. We've done a yeah. couple of specials, haven't we? Exactly. So we, yeah, we, um, we drop it for the special episodes. But yeah, this is this is really good, man. Yeah. So, uh, so let everyone is, know. Um, this is a a three minute uh, YouTube video called "In the Margins of a Nightmare on Elm Street," and it's a new take on the Nightmare on Elm Street where all of the characters have been removed. There are no physical people in this you see nobody um and it's uh, kind of tries to show that the story of 
Nightmare on Elm Street just with the locations uh, and the music. And what, what did you think, Scott? I This really, really worked for me. Really, really worked. And I'll tell you why it really worked. Because so when we were in our first or second lockdown, there was a lot of people, a lot of people we know, right, that were making films and making short films and, you know, people that either had flatmates or whatever that were actors or actresses and, and they were film stuff. And I was thinking to myself, I, you know, is this a time to make something? Is this a time to make a short film? And I was trying to work out doing something that, like, I live with my girlfriend. She, she's not an actress. She don't want to act. And we couldn't see anyone else. So I was like, okay, what could I do? And I was thinking, I was trying to think of a concept that basically didn't involve any people. And I couldn't really work it out. So then watching the opening this, I'm like, oh, fuck, that's the concept. <laughs> that that's the concept it's like watching the night or watching the crime unfold without actually seeing anyone it's like just almost being a fly on the wall after the crime's been committed right yeah yeah i mean i just just to get it out of the way if i have one criticism of this it ends very abruptly um just if i have the, one criticism it's too long. It. Yeah, is 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 a bit long as well. It's too long. Like this could have, this should have been half. It's what three minutes? A minute and a half yeah. would have been perfect. Yeah. It really so I, I, I mean, I, I really love the Nightmare on Elm Street films, even the the, the crappier ones. But I, I really love them. I think Freddy's a great character. Probably watch at least one a year. I think the last one I watched was the questionable Freddy versus Jason crossover. Ooh, but yes. I still still like it. I, I just for what it is i love it and watching this film you know you you think of nightmare on elm street and you you think of freddy he's the big iconic thing if you look at halloween yes michael is is the big iconic thing but a lot more people are aware of the music and this for me yeah. highlights how scary that music is in nightmare on elm street oh, i watched so this i watched this during the day there was, I was on my own, but I watched this during the day with the headphones on. Genuinely, I had to keep looking over my shoulder. It really, really creeped me out. I thought it was so well done, so powerful. Yeah. Just the music and all those shots. I thought it was incredible. Really, really incredible. Oh, the, music is, the music is... It's, it's so good. I, I'm, like, I'm going to say something that's going to like ruffle some feathers, but I've always been... A massive, massive Nightmare on Elm Street fan. I think Freddy is the best 80s slasher. I, I just think the concept of Freddy goes so much further than just just the killer. Yeah. I think he, you know, it just, just for me, I just prefer Freddy to to Michael and Jason. It's and, incredibly you know, I original him. idea yeah. as well. Yeah, and my controversial statement is I've always believed that as good as the Halloween theme tune it's Nightmare on Elm Street's better I don't, I don't think that's that controversial I mean if I hadn't have watched this I would have said yeah. it'd be ridiculous however this really puts that music front and centre and I think uh, you aside I think for the vast majority of people they don't they hear the music but they don't really hear yeah. the music yeah. because everything yeah. else Freddie so Robert Englund's deliver everything about it, he's great but it dominates everything. Whereas in Halloween, Michael's it's scary when Michael's not there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. For Nightmare on Elm Street, it's all about Freddy and the, the music gets pushed back. And do you know what? It is 
damn creepy. Really, really. It's, it's so good. I the reason it works for me, the reason why I prefer it is I feel like look, that Halloween tune is is as famous as it comes and it is will forever be associated with Michael Myers, right? That that goes without question. However, I do feel like you could take that music out, put it elsewhere, and it works, right? And and case in point is Scream, right? Because in Scream One, they're watching Halloween on the TV. And that scene is scored with the score from Halloween. And it works, right? It just works because it's a great tune for a serial killer. It's a great tune to build up tension. It's the it's the Alfred Hitchcock stuff, right? It it just works. It tells you something's gonna happen. It it like the Jaws thing does, right? It it anticipates what's coming. The the Nightmare on Elm Street theme is Freddy's theme. It is literally Freddy's theme. This is like to me, it's as iconic with Freddy as the Imperial marches with Darth Vader. Yeah, it it really works for that character to where you cannot add that to another character, right? Unless the other character is very similar, as in it's a serial killer that haunts you and kills you in your dreams, right? Because it sounds, it sounds dreamlike. That music, you literally. Is literally took the words out of my mouth yeah i was just going to say that it's, it's dreamlike it's, it's which is so perfect. perfect oh it's so perfect it's so so perfect and this right it, uh, there's two ways to watch this the this clip you've sent me that we're linking below right first of all just watch it J- just hit play watch it with the music and everything you're gonna love it it's great especially the opening minute to two minutes right it works really 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 well then watch it a second time and turn the volume off what, right, and and the imagery is still really good. There's some great imagery. It does not work half as well without that theme song. That theme song, oh, it's so good, man. It's such a good piece of music. It really is. So yeah, I if you can't tell, like I I love this whole thing. But that you know, rather than talk about the clip, we're talk, we're talking about the music. But that is the power of music, and I like I genuinely believe that music and sound is so important in film. It's so so important. These guys are called uh, Hungry Creature Productions, and um, I've got a feeling that they're going to get bigger and bigger. At the moment, they've got about a thousand subscribers. Yeah. Um, this came out a couple of weeks ago. I haven't watched them yet, but they've done they they do all sorts of stuff on their YouTube channel. Yeah. They've done a few more of these. They've done Halloween and Candyman so far, and uh, in horror. And I think they've done it. They've done a few more outside of the genre as well. Haven't watched them yet. This is this was their most recent one. Right, we'll check them out. We'll check them out. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to see this. And and the thing I'll end on, just another point on the music, is a lot of people say, why have we, since the 80s, we have never had a villain in a slasher film that has ever lived up to these heights, right? We have never had anyone that touches Michael, Freddy, or Jason. Right, you you've got your other guys from earlier, like your your Leatherface and your Pinhead and your stuff like that. But in terms of, you know, that that trio, Ghostface is up there. Like Ghostface, like gets there. But for me, the one thing no one ever touches on why certain slashes don't ever make it to that level is the slasher has to have everything around them too. And the most important thing they need is that theme song, something that's a little bit lost in cinema yeah. you don't really get iconic theme songs anymore you do a little bit probably the last time you got it was maybe the avengers like you know you hear that avengers yeah. music yeah. it is 
before that i would say probably harry the harry potter films the hedwig theme and stuff that is is iconic as it comes again all john williams um or the avengers one isn't but the, the harry potter one is um it's, it's a strange thing being iconic as well though because i you know if you look at the big slash of the 80s uh and early 90s nightmare on yeah. Elm street friday the 13th and halloween i don't really like the friday the 13th films they've never yeah. really hit the mark for me that said i appreciate how iconic jason is and also but jason's also iconic because it comes with yeah you've got the look right you've got i mean jason's had several looks he didn't start with a hockey mask hockey mask didn't come into a couple of films into it but the the music it, like jason even has that music right it's not yes, as that's true. it's not as yeah. big as this you know but that ka, 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 yeah like that I, I like i like to do that to my kids right how like, iconic like is that it. though <laughs> how iconic is that like that's that's what the films are missing they don't yes. have that yeah you know jaws is jaws the film it is without that music no it's still a great film but it's not it probably doesn't reach legendary heights because of that music you hear you know great music will propel stuff right you like case in point and and this isn't horror or anything, but you want to talk Star Wars, The Mandalorian, right? Everyone loves The Mandalorian. I love The Mandalorian. Like, it blew up. One of the biggest things in Star Wars, right? And what it does so well is that theme song because it's different. Yep. It's not your normal Star Wars theme song, but it is so iconic. Like, you, it does. It sounds futuristic. It sounds Star Wars, but it also sounds like a Western, and that's what yes. The Mandalorian is. So like you hear that and you're like, yeah, that's the my my alarm to wake up is the Mandalorian theme song. Like I think it's that <laughs> fucking good. Like really, like it's yeah, I I love music and films and it's definitely something that's been lost a little bit. You don't really get it that much anymore. But um yeah, man, like oh this yeah, this clip, the music though, it just I love this clip and again I, I love it because it kind of explained to me the the idea i had you know I, like i said i couldn't put it together i couldn't really work out exactly what the concept was and this is kind of solved it for me to be honest but what i really love about this is it just remind me how fucking good that music is yeah <laughs> so yeah. good man so so good but yeah uh, again I'm so well you like it yeah oh, yeah yeah can you tell <laughs> <laughs> all right dude we're uh we're end it there we're round it off with that one thank you so much for joining us again boys and girls as always it is an absolute pleasure and you know just thank you so much for listening you know if, if there was one person out there or you know whatever the number is we love all of you so yeah thank you so so much and until next week horror hounds stay very very safe cheers guys bye